0: Welcome to the new Dachshund of Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Dachshund of Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Barria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Barria. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Dachshund of Pod. We come to you every week with a discussion of a variety of medical issues that affect seniors, their loved ones and others. And we spend some time providing experts who can give you the kind of information that I hope will make a difference in your life. We also are available as a podcast and we're wherever you choose to get your podcasts. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria. Dr. Baria is an associate medical director for WellMed Medical Management. She's been part of the WellMed family for six years and currently is a provider at the Wellman at Ninth Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. Dr. Baria went to Ross University School of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica, where she earned her medical degree. She completed a residency in an OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary's Hospital in Hoboken. Dr. Baria is board certified in family medicine, and she'll be the first to admit to you that she loves it. She also is an avid traveler and takes photos of the many places she goes and i just had the pleasure of having a picture shown to me over the zoom link that we broadcast on of dr Barria hanging out with a bunch of camels so audrey welcome again where were you i was in
1: morocco ron and that was a fascinating trip i'll have to tell you all about it sometime
0: and you said you went to seven cities in nine days
1: Yes, I don't recommend that. It was just too tiring, but it's one of those things where you've come that far, you don't want to miss anything.
0: And I don't want to take too much time from our guests, but uh, you said riding a camel was the highlight of the trip.
1: Oh, definitely one of the highlights. It was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be and definitely easier than horseback riding.
0: (laughs) We'll talk more about that at another time. But I want to welcome our special guest today, talking about thriving with multiple sclerosis. Our guest is Dr. Samarta Brennan Prescott. She's a physician at the Optum Northeast Clinic in Saint Petersburg. She earned her medical degree at Saint George University of Med- School of Medicine in Grenada in the West Indies. She completed her residency at Overlook Hospital, an affiliate of Mount Sinai Hospital in Summit, New Jersey. In her free time, Dr. Prescott enjoys pursuing her passion for children's education and expanding exposure via enrichment activities. She's a community advocate for teaching elementary school age children about preventive health care and about pursuing a medical career when they grow up. Dr. Prescott is certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine. And Dr. Prescott, it is great to see you again. Welcome back to Docs in a Pod.
2: Thank you for having me. I always appreciate a
0: chance to, to share and grow. And the topic that you wanted to talk about today is thriving with multiple sclerosis. And, and it occurred to me, you probably have ms
2: yeah so i thought i have a unique experience of being a physician being a patient with chronic disease and also being a parent to a child with chronic disease three different views when you talk about a doctor's office or being in a room so i decided i wanted to share and with world health Um, Multiple Sclerosis Day coming up on May 30th. No better time
0: than the present to uh, highlight and educate. And you have a book coming out, uh, The Parts We Don't Talk About, uh, which talks about, I'm assuming, your experience with MS and more.
2: Absolutely. The goal is, you know, if we educate, if we keep talking, people will have different perspectives, know how to handle it. Um, The truth is, multiple sclerosis is actually one of the leading non-traumatic neurological disabilities in young adults. So it's present. And we need to have a conversation about going from just surviving to thriving.
0: When and how were you diagnosed?
2: Well, I was diagnosed in 2013. And it was a shock, a shock to the system. Multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease. Um, it is the immune system attacking your brain, your spine and your optic nerves. My experience was um, lower leg weakness. and it's a very di- it's a diagnosis hard to meet because a lot of people, majority 80 percent of people present with something called relapsing remitting. means things come and go. And as you know, a lot of us, you know, we can come up with why and where, and it goes away, we forget about it. So it's challenging to diagnose. In my experience, I, I unfortunately lost control of one of my legs, um, which you can't ignore.
0: <laughs> what were the symptoms in, in all that uh, finally drove you to talk to a, a doctor about getting a diagnosis?
2: Well, the first thing I always tell people, you want to be having a relationship with your primary care doctor. You want to establish with somebody who knows you, and then you can bring these things up. Um, Common symptoms, you have to realize in multiple sclerosis, there are no two the same. Common things are like numbness, spasms, weakness, bladder and bowel control issues, fatigue, brain fog. Um, visual impairment um, so everybody can present a little bit different Which is what the challenge is
0: All right, stay with me just a minute for those who may have just joined us. You're listening to docs in a pod I'm ron aaron along with our co-host dr audrey Barria. and we're talking with dr Sumatra brennan prescott She's a physician at the optum northeast clinic in st Petersburg and we're talking about her own experience with multiple sclerosis And her book that is about to be published, The Parts We Don't Talk About. And first, Dr. Prescott, I have to ask you, what does the title refer to?
2: It refers to a lot of us when we think about chronic disease, you know, we we, in ourselves and also people who interact with people with chronic disease. It's challenging. There is a lot that we don't tell people about thriving. We talk a lot in healthcare about surviving, you know, the medication, appointments, but what can we do to thrive? And and that's one of the things I talk about in the book. The other thing I talk about is tips and tricks. What helped me move from a position of, of feeling I was the diagnosis from really the diagnosis was not me, but just a part of me. And that's I think, is a huge part of why I decided to talk out and and show my experience, being how unique I had it.
0: How widespread is how widespread is MS?
2: Oh, so there are over two hundred. Um, there's over a million people um, in the United States diagnosed with MS. Um, it's to a point where most of us could probably say when it comes to chronic disease we know one family member one friend you know that is at least distant if not our own family member that may have had this issue dr prescott other than um
1: your leg weakness were there any other symptoms that you had that made you want to follow
2: up with your primary care doctor well the thing is this is a challenge it came and went I can say it retrospectively Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I remember a couple months before and I talk about this in the book I had shoulder just a shoulder pain and and you know you figure you know the doctor in you always wants to dismiss things they're like oh it's a pinched nerve (laughs) (laughs) yes little PT get rid of that (laughs) Uh, and it did to my knowledge other things I experienced were um, numbness of my face mm-hmm. and I didn't know my face was numb but what actually was happening was I was chewing and seeing blood in my food and I'm like nobody wants a sandwich with blood mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think you put it all together over a, a, a period of time most people really go at least two to three years if not longer without the diagnosis in right. my case it was probably
0: a year and you said you were shocked when you got the diagnosis. Did you think something was wrong, or that it was just a matter of, "Hey, I'm getting a little older"?
2: Absolutely. Um, one of the things I say is very unique to my experience is a lot of people deal with the uncertainty of all these symptoms, and when they get that diagnosis, the most common thing you'll hear is, "Ah, oh, the relief of knowing." one of the challenges i had was being a physician that's not how i felt it it, it was actually quite terrifying <laughs> because we have stigma that we we you know we heard or, or thought of and for me it was actually the opposite um i didn't feel relief i was actually quite upset with my body like i treated you right what what are you doing this for <laughs> so it actually brings up denial. Um, and, and I think it's something we need to talk about. It's something I think a lot of us feel we want to cherry pick our conversations, make the optimistic talk. I'm saying no, it was rough. And, and it can be rough for a lot of people. And you have to go through the five stages of, of grief. You have to, it's not death and dying, but anytime a patient is diagnosed with chronic disease, it especially one that's acute, like like um, multiple sclerosis, you have to go through the stages. And and definitely, I share my story to say I did it too.
0: Is it life-threatening, or can you expect to live another 40, 50, 60 years?
2: So one of my big things I advocate for is
0: Multiple sclerosis
2: is a multidisciplinary uh, management. It is not what it used to be. I remember the first patient as a physician I met 20, 30 years ago with multiple sclerosis. And it was scary. There were no medications in. It wasn't as well managed. So there was a lot of disability related to it. Nowadays, when you look at the statistics, Life expectancy with multiple sclerosis is equivalent to someone without it. But that's because of the tremendous um change in our community. Now, comorbidity is where a lot of the focus is management.
0: All right, stay with me just a minute. We're gonna come right back to you. And I'm I'm glad to hear that uh Life expectancy is what it would be for anybody else. I'd hate to lose you as a guest, so hang in there. Delighted to have you with us. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Bari, and our special guest today, Dr. Samartra Prescott, and we're happy to have you with us right now on Docs in a Pod. Well, we're so pleased you are sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barry, and we're talking about multiple sclerosis, a disease that I think most of us really know very little about, other than we don't want it. We're talking about thriving with MS. Our special guest, Dr. Samarta Brennan-Prescott, has a book coming out, The Parts We Don't Talk About, and we're talking about it right now on Docs in a Pod. And Audrey you had a great question for Dr. Prescott.
1: Yeah, Dr. Prescott, can you walk us through how
2: someone would get diagnosed with MS? Absolutely. So one of the challenges is as we know, you know, there is no known cause of MS. What we think is it's multifactorial between genetics and environmental components. Diagnosis is typically done through testing, but first you have to get over the hurdle of making sure it's not something else. (laughs) So what you find is the process is you're gonna get to your primary care, you're gonna get work up, you're gonna have to have a a conversation. Um, It really is a lot still based on history taking, putting it together. The next thing is if they deem appropriate, what they'll do then is they will get you to an uh, image. Um, MRI is usually pretty much the the go-to for looking for signs of of brain or spinal involvement. Um, there's also procedures they do to look for fluid on the spine, specific proteins called a lumbar puncture, um, and then there's lab work. So complex. But because everybody presents differently, actually, commonly, it's the eye doctors that pick them up because of the, the optical involvement. Um, sometimes that's the only presentation people first have.
0: What, what about muscle
2: biopsies? Are they still doing so we those? We don't do mostly because those are usually for myopathies. Mm. When it comes to these autoimmune diseases where we're looking for antibodies that is attacking Mm -hmm. the nerves, the actual protective layer, the myelin on the nerve. Um, We don't typically do the muscle biopsy, but it really is a good, you know, history and physical. I I can't stop saying that's the root of getting down to it. And then you're doing some confirmatory testing.
0: Is there an age at which you're uh, liable to develop MS or is it any age?
2: So you're right. Um, the most common age group is between 20 to 50. But you can have early developmental um, for, um, diagnosis. They have teenage cases as young as, as 10, I've seen. And you can have people up until 60s and 70s, out, more outliers. I think the biggest thing is you have to consider what are people doing at that age if majority of people are between their 20s to 50. Majority of them are women. So they are three times as likely than men to be diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So that's childbearing age. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is quite um, a tremendous feat for, for a lot of people who are diagnosed at the time, the timing in their life.
0: Now, do you either one of you have patients in your practice who have MS? Yes. Dr. Barria, yes.
2: Yes.
1: Absolutely. And it can be debilitating if you don't get ahead of
2: it. Absolutely.
0: I I can remember when I was uh, younger, I had a friend whose wife developed MS. And and unlike you, Dr. Prescott, uh, she was very, very dysfunctional. She couldn't walk. She had trouble talking, couldn't control uh, movements in her arms and her legs. Uh, and, And so seeing you, we see you over Zoom our radio audience doesn't see you, but uh, you obviously are, are so different than my experience with someone with MS. I don't want to say you're typical, but are you typical of today's patients? So without
2: sounding like, okay, this is absolutely, no, no two people look alike. First of all, and I think the big thing people have to walk away with is how do we react to people with ms Uh, the big thing is ask them the question you really can just literally say how is your ms be a supportive listener we have to realize that a lot of people um let person our innate acceptance is to talk about something we know like a story we heard You know, their experience. We're comfortable when we're talking about something we understand. But when it comes to dealing with people with chronic disease, you want to be a better listener than talker. That's a huge thing I advocate for. Learning that, truly accepting what they may say, what they want to tell you at the time, or what they can tell you. Because it's a relapsing remitting, and it depends on what stage of their experience. I've been in a situation where I've used a wheelchair, I've used a walker, I've used a cane. So my experience, I share with people to say, hey, there are differences. And it's so important that we get that word out there because when, you know, up until, you know, 15 years ago, we didn't have any therapies. The first medication that came out, was in I think it was 2003. Since then, we've had 12 medications to help with the comorbidities related to the progression of the disease. And I can literally say most people are doing better and thriving. We have injectables. We have oral therapies now. Um, and where a lot of them focus on is reducing that progression that you saw in your friend's mm-hmm. wife.
0: And what is the progression of the disease? Do you spiral downhill?
2: No. Um, 80% of people will do what we call relapsing remitting. So what that means is they will have episodes of flares and they might remit. Some people may be left with a little bit of um, deficit and some people may gain back function. And, And that's why I said, The biggest lesson you can learn is change. The biggest thing is a mindset change, understanding that um, life is not as predictable and and you can thrive if you prepare and
0: give yourself the tools to do that. And what are the tools in addition to the medication? Good question.
2: Um, So it has to be multidisciplinary. You want to go to your doctor. You want to plan. You want to plan family planning. It's so important at that age group. Um, there is no increased risk of, of complications related to having kids with that diagnosis. And that's a huge one. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, the other thing you want to do is early intervention in physical aid. If there is a relapse or an attack, you want to get into physical therapy. You want to get into PT OT speech therapy because you can gain function back the other thing is a huge tip is you want to make sure that you're utilizing therapies that can that can help reduce symptoms that's a huge change in our mindset in that in, in the MS world so fatigue and medications for that um bladder and and and, and bowel control they have Botox now. They have medications that can help. In other words, if we're controlling symptoms and we're reducing um, the com- complications related to it, then people are going to thrive.
1: You're also going to cut down on the amount of the number of flares
2: that will occur, right? Exactly. Managing your stress level. We have to realize that, um, that we have to acknowledge and be aggressive in treating anxiety, depression sleep disturbances when it comes to people with chronic diseases, such as multiple sclerosis, because it lessens their comorbidities. It lessens their hospitalizations and it improves their quality of life. You
1: know, I've recommended yoga and Pilates to my patients with MS, just because the stretching and core
2: benefits them for muscle strengthening. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Ron, it's like you said with me, um, you're going to always have good and bad days. You have to be able to pivot to thrive. So there are some days you just have to acknowledge okay, you might need a king, but doesn't mean you can't go somewhere. You just have to use the game. The other days you don't. Um, the other thing, too, is being limbo, being um, very much into an exercise routine that helps the muscles strengthen a lot of people if we're in that depressive state or you are not mobile they feel okay i can't do anything no you can do a pedal bike you can you know you can still maintain muscle mass super Mm -hmm. important Mm -hmm. diet 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 a huge part of my journey was really adding an anti-inflammatory diet um meaning Cutting back on the sugars, cutting back on the caffeine, you know, cutting back on things that are artificial and increasing things that are, are more vegetables, fruit, things that give you um, better energy sources.
0: Well, we got to stop you here. I don't want to let the time run out without finding out how folks can get a hold of your book, the parts we don't talk about. And you just created a wonderful bumper sticker, uh, Dr. Prescott pivot to thrive how do we get your book?
2: So um, right now it's available on Amazon um, there is audible version I'm, I'm launching on May 30th and you can go to my website www.drsimarta.com. that's dr dot
0: So dr sumatra.com that's correct I love it. I thank you so much for being with us again. We look forward to talking to you uh, down the road, and uh, we wish you well. You look great, and I'm hoping that uh, you live a flare free life. (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Prescott.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: On behalf of uh, of Dr. Baria, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Medrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra. And associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Barria and Ron Aaron.